Malcolm Forbes once said that failure is success if we learn from it. Tune in twice each month to The Shelley Show as co-host marketers Shelley Iverson and Nate Ebert interview successful business owners who share their failing forward marketing strategies and learn how to master digital marketing, Google Ads, and SEO. Let's go to work. Hello, this is Shelly. And this is Nate. And together we are The Shelly Show. And as always, we are brought to you by Shelly Social Media, here for all of your digital marketing needs. Today, we are here with June Streveler and Nicole Zollner. So go ahead and tell us about yourself and your business. Well, good afternoon, um, Shelly and Nate. We really appreciate the time to be on your show today. Uh, I'm June, I'm June Streveler, and I'm located here in Wisconsin. And I'm Nicole Zollner, and June is my mother. We're a family business, and I live in Colorado right now. Very nice. Awesome. How, how's it out there? It's been rainy and cloudy this spring, which is unusual for us. We get about yeah. 320 days of sun a year, so we're feeling uh, we're feeling like the sun can come back any minute now. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I, I love Colorado. I, I We got to get out there again. We try to go at least once a year, but <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's lovely yeah. out there. But yeah. Well, hey, you know, welcome. Welcome to the show. We're really welcome happy to, to have both of you on. So um, so what is your business? What what do you guys do together? So we're really a family run business um, and we've been in real estate for about oh, probably over 25 years. Um, my husband and I started with wow. rental properties. Uh, so I, I have I could give you lots of failures in that realm. But <laughs> it, our most recent adventure has been with um residential uh, rehabilitation. So okay. what, what you would call fix and flips. Um, oh, okay. And so we specialize in providing selling solutions for homeowners who need to sell their property for any reason. So whether you're facing foreclosure or you've inherited a property you don't know what to do with, or you just simply want to sell your property and move on to the next chapter of your life, uh, we can help you with that transaction. Uh, and we, so when you work with us, um, you mm -hmm. get a fair cash offer on the property that you own uh, in its current state. So that means that you don't have to do any repairs for it. And we generally can close quickly because we, we purchase with cash. And, okay. and if people are in a situation where they need to close quickly, we, we can help with that. Um, so some of the things that, that they don't need to worry about um, is not having to worry about how long it's, their property is going to sit on the market, having to do showings, um, how long it's going to take to find a buyer, and okay. worrying about having to reduce prices because they know right up front how much we can offer them. Uh, they don't have to spend any time or money in doing repairs, uh, and, and they don't have to worry about a buyer's financial stability. Uh, and, or paying commissions, because we're not real estate agents, we're real estate investors. Okay, awesome. So, so it kind of, it can kind of help the sellers out a lot, be, just because they're, you know, it's almost hassle free, like, it's like, hey, here's my house, here you go. And I can, yeah. you know, take that money and either get a new house or start renting. So that, right. that's awesome. 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I am curious, uh, Nicole, since you're out in Colorado, do you guys have, are you just working remotely or do you guys have a couple of offices opened up in both Madison in Wisconsin, as well as in Colorado? How does that work? Yeah. So we run the business model in both States actually. So uh, we do the same thing, just two different locations in two different markets. Okay. Yeah. Well, excellent. And then Shelly, I think you might've had a question there. I don't have a question. No, Nate. Okay. Thank you, though. All right. Never mind. Just checking, as always. <laughs> All righty. So as you said, uh, June, you know, w- working with um, within real estate, there can be a variety of failures. I used to be a residence hall director. So for me, it's obviously not the same, but finding a room that's been trashed by college students is never fun. Um, so what, what would you consider to be that failure that really kind of spurred some success on for you guys? Yeah, so I'll take... Oh, yeah, I'll take that one, Nate. Um, (laughs) And it's funny because you talk about the other side of it, right? Walking into something and fixing it. But I feel like our biggest failure we've had recently has Mm -hmm. been on the purchasing side. Okay. So we um, purchase directly from homeowners. Sometimes we purchase through third party um, individuals called wholesalers. Those people find the deal and then they find us to make the deal actually happen, essentially. So it was our first time working with a wholesaler and typically how it happens is the wholesaler finds the deal, puts it under contract, and then they assign the contract to us or another buyer who's going to rehab that property. And this happened as this was the first time we really didn't know what we were doing, but it went okay. You know, I showed up at closing. Mm -hmm. Some people were there that I'd never met before that were representing me, but it was fine. The transaction happened. Everything worked great. But it was the second property that we purchased from a wholesaler that really we kind of got stuck in a lurch. And gotcha. in this particular instance, there was an easement on the property, which, you know, it's common to have an easement. It's not common to have a 30 foot easement in the middle mm. of the city between our property and the next property. And that's yeah. what we ran into. And it was interesting because, um, this particular wholesaler didn't really want to be known as a wholesaler. (laughs) So it was very hush hush. And he says, you know, we go to closing, like tell them we're partners kind of thing. Right. And so we didn't get the title documents until maybe about two days before closing. And we looked at them and there was a bunch of documents from the eighties that said easement on it. And, you know, one was um, an ease line for water pipes and another was a parking easement because right next to us, there was um, an apartment building that we shared a driveway with. It all made sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a third easement that we weren't aware of. And that was that 30 foot easement between our property and the property next to us. And so we closed on the property. The sellers never disclosed in the closing room that, that it was there. They never mentioned it their disclosure was providing the title company, these, you know, 15 documents from the eighties, right? Like that's your due diligence. And, and people in our, in our industry all the time, talk about due diligence, do your research before you close on a deal. And we felt like we did that, but Mm -hmm. we did it more on the pulling our comparables for when we go to sell it. Like, you know, we were solid on what we were going to sell this property for what we were going to do, do to the property. Um, Mm -hmm. But we kind of missed a really critical piece and, okay. and effort. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. definitely sounds like it. Um, for our listeners and also me, <laughs> who doesn't quite know what an easement is, how would that impact it? Like, I guess what 
um, you know, a 30 foot easement, I'm assuming it's a part of the building or like a construction piece. So how did, what, what was that? Why was that such a big factor? Yeah, great question, Nate. So um, between us and our neighbors, so think of two houses and then um, the middle section in between where you both have your yards essentially, right? Okay. So our property, um, it was great. We were going to put a big fence around it. The property had a fence um, before they listed it. So in all the, the photos that we looked up, there was already a fence consuming this property, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were just going to put that fence back up while the fence was over the easement. And so basically that wow. easement was for us parking and transportation. So you could, um, the neighbor property who was next door to us could drive on it and park on it. That's essentially what it meant. And the fence that the original owner had put up was an infringement of that easement, but we didn't, we didn't know that. So, um, it's just basically a multi-use section between the two properties. Gotcha. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I was kind of like, I think I get it, but I don't know, but <laughs> and not everybody, sure. not everybody knows. So that was a good question, Nate. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yep. Got to hoping to get my first house here soon, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so, but yeah. Um, already yeah, Shelly, any questions or anything on that? Um, that's, that's really interesting that, that, uh, that, that could have caused quite a problem. Did it turn out to be a, a longer drawn out than you thought it would be then, Nicole? So, so how did that? Yeah, the rehab took us about six months, um, which is a whole other story, but it, mm-hmm. we were getting ready to list the property. I, th- I think it was a Saturday. I was coordinating some gravel to be put on the yard. We we're getting ready to list the property. And then I happened to meet the neighbor for the first time in six months. Oh. And she comes over and she's, you know, talking to me and, oh, hey, you know, do you know about this easement? So the whole time we didn't know. <laughs> and we were listing this property five, six days later with the fact of we're going to be putting a fence in this area. Don't worry, it's coming. You know, we're listing it as is, but but we'll put this fence up. Well, so that threw us for a loop. And the fact that we couldn't put a fence around the property, that's 30 feet that we couldn't sell, which affected the value of our property. And it oh. also affected who wanted to stay there, right? We were kind of on a busier street. We were hoping to put a fence around the property to make an oasis, right? So people mm-hmm. with family or pets would want feel comfortable taking their kids out and having this great big yard. But yeah. uh, so it did affect that. It, it um, And the neighbor was a little difficult. So <laughs> she wanted the property come to find out and would, was willing to do whatever she could to make sure she got it. So it, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a tricky situation. Wow. Well, it, it seems like it kind of worked out, <laughs> you know, especially with the neighbor just kind of being like, oh, hey, by the way, I'd like to buy this. So um, I guess what are some things that you guys can do or maybe even have already done um, to really prevent that in the future? Or what What's something that you guys learned through this process? Certainly learned that we should have dug into those title documents and the fact if we would have seen those, we should have investigated it. We, we looked at it, we were like, well, these are kind of weird. We think we know what they're saying, but we should have reached back out to the title company, which we did after the fact, and they didn't know either. Mm-hmm. And in that case, we should have reached out to to the city, which we, again, after the fact did, They and they still, um, it just, it wasn't super clear. We finally had to get an easement attorney in oh, wow. and, and tell us what our rights were. And, um, and so I think we learned to really, 
kind of dig into those title documents, make sure we have any unanswered questions that we get them answered. And then to feel confident enough to push out closing, right? Cause you, mm-hmm. you kind of feel like you have this deadline and you're like, Oh gosh, I, I don't want to fall out of contract. You know, someone else will get this property, but um, really just knowing that it's okay to take a step back and, and make sure all your questions are answered. Gotcha. Wow. There's an easement lawyer. I, I did not know that. I was know. A I was thinking that. I was that's, like, there's a specialist for everything. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, yeah. Awesome for everybody involved. It looks like. So, yeah. well, I'm so glad that that situation was res- resolved. It seems like, um, you know, so many times you'll do, like you guys said, you did your research before this, you looked into it. Yeah. Something was a little weird, but you know, this is the second one you've got going on. Maybe it's just a coincidence or something, you know, it's not really that big of an issue. Um, but it seems like, you know, with this one, it did turn out to be an issue that was luckily resolved. So, um, you know, I think that it is, it's a really good lesson to be able to do that research. And then if you don't know anything to look into it, to figure, to find out what this they're talking about, but I, I, <laughs> I don't quite know from your side of it. Cause I, I've obviously never been a realtor, but I don't know on your side of it, what more could have been done, but you know, it seems like you guys have really learned from that and incorporated those lessons into your model. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think Nate, the other thing that we learned is it's a good idea to, to, if you have title um, paperwork to Mm -hmm. have an attorney review it. Um, Because I think an attorney would have, would have known that that was an issue. Um, So always, always having an attorney review your materials before you go to closing is, Mm -hmm. is a wise wise step to take because you might pay the attorney, you know, a couple hundred bucks to do a review, but it's totally worth it because, um, this has been an education for us, but it's maybe not one we wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then the question is, would a title attorney know what an easement attorney would know? Right. (laughs) Well, they would know enough to say this is, this is fishy. I know. And, at least enough and, to say, hey, look right? at this and person. At least, <laughs> at least then we could have backed out of the deal. Yeah. Um, and in, in fact, uh, we have backed out of deals because we didn't get all the answers to the questions that we've had. So we did learn from this process well, that, that it's okay to back out if you have to. Oh yeah. It's, it's always like, <laughs> I think Shelly, even, even in our business, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's completely okay to back out. Like if it's not working for both parties or there's something fishy going on, like I, <laughs> when I kind of laughed to myself when you were like, yeah, this guy was trying to say, Hey, just be my partner. Just be cool. Just be cool. <laughs> like I was kind of yeah. like red flag. Red flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. I'm like, no, I'm not going to be cool. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> I know the whole situation was awkward. Oh man. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad that you guys were able to kind of learn and Hey, you know, like you said, $1,200 for an attorney to look uh, or attorney to look over everything, make sure it's solid. That's, you know, that could potentially save you hundreds of thousands. So that's, you know, definitely a cost worth exploring. And thank you for mentioning that June. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, Shelly, did you have any other questions or anything? No, she answered the question that I had. The only comment I had is, and I guess it is a question. Sorry, Nate, but um, <laughs> it's okay. do this every show. 
he goes, do you have a question? And I go, no, I don't. And then I ask a question every single time. Every time. <laughs> yeah, it just never fails. Um, but uh, so was that in Colorado or was it in, in, or was it in the Colorado area or was it in the Madison area, Nicole? And another thing too is like when it, when there's a physical presence like in Colorado or whatever, and you need June for consulting or for, um, for maybe some, some, you know, support or whatever, or, or whatever, you know, you guys do as partners, does she fly in or do you guys just uh, go on zoom or, I mean, how, how does that work for you as a, as a team being in two different locations? Yeah. So this particular instance happened in Colorado. And, um, the minute after I got done speaking with her, I went into our property and I was alone, luckily having a mild panic attack. <laughs> and my first call was to June and then my father, Tony, getting them on the phone. And luckily they, they talked me off the ledge and then I called my realtor and she, you know, helped. So I think it was, it was great to have them a phone call away. And, and we talk weekly um, on FaceTime and, um, but to be able to know that they're at the end of the line and they're, and throughout this whole process, we talk all the time about counters are going in, cabinets are going in, what stage are we at? I'm taking pictures. So it doesn't feel like they're far away. Um, so that really helps our, our partnership out, but then having that team of trusted advisors as well. So calling the realtor and having her say, it's okay. Like this is not ideal, but we'll get through this. And so together as a team, we worked through it and, and it was, it's just great to know that they're, they're there for me. Well, excellent. Well, yeah, well, yeah. um, you know, that, that kind of, that, that's, that's awesome that you have that team and you have the, the shoulders to lean on there. I, I think that that's something that <laughs> when you are finding out, oh man, did we just sink a lot of money into this? And it's just, that's it. It's just the money's gone. Like it, I, I can't imagine going through that alone. And I'm right. glad that you had that support system there. Yeah, definitely. Well, and it's nice to have the technology that we have today too, because we've been through many walkthroughs with Nicole, <laughs> not physically there, but um, through Zoom or through FaceTime or what, whichever method we've been using. See, I'm so technically challenged. I don't even know, but no, um, you got a few of them. <laughs> you know, it's whichever one we're work. using, right? I don't know. Um, but yeah, and that's, that's nice. So we've met that her, the realtor that she works with a lot and it's, and we do go out and visit at least a couple of times a year. So that's, that's always good as well. And yeah, so it's like we, we are all are working on all of our projects, no matter where it's at together. So. Awesome. Well, excellent. Well, yeah. Um, I guess that, you know, kind of is coming, we're coming down to the end a little bit here. So um, just wanted to see if either of you had anything that you'd really like to share or to pass on to others that might be in a similar instance or, you know, that are just starting out. Is there any wisdom that you guys would like to share t uh, for our listeners today? I think for me, um, I've done a number of different businesses and the, the family business has been my favorite because we are all in, in it together and we're collaborating all the time on whatever project we're working on and having that support is, I think it motivates you to continue on and not to quit. Yeah. So the that's find, that, find that person, whoever it is, if it's not your family, find who's out there that supports you, whether it's a coach or whatever. I agree 100% mm -hmm. with mom. I've had other businesses as well. And um, yeah, you can't do it alone. Don't try. <laughs> Find someone who can help you. 
Nope. Completely, completely agree. So, you know, thank you so much for that insight. I, I really, I think that that's a really common theme, especially for new business owners, just finding, you know, that support system, finding someone, either one person or a group or your employees or some, you know, some people that you trust that are going to give you that ability to really grow your business together, not just, you know, on your own. And so I think sometimes people get in that entrepreneurial spirit, spirit, right? Like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this business. And then they try to go it alone and it just flops. And I think that that's a very, very important message to take from this is that you always need someone. So, yes. I would agree with that. You do. You always need someone. And that is a common theme to all like business owners that we've been interviewing throughout our podcast and our show is that's something that someone, a lot of, a lot of our um, interviews have said is that, um, you know, they went to either a business coach or they have Mm -hmm. a partner or they have, you know, a friend that supports or even a manager or coworker. And yeah. it makes all the difference in the world. That makes a difference to us at Shelly Social Media. Mm-hmm. I know that we have a team of people and I don't, I couldn't do it alone. No way. Yeah. Heck, we even had a business coach who had a business coach. Like, <laughs> like <they're>, Everybody <laughs> just gets a business coach when you join and, and be an entrepreneur. So, alrighty. Well, Nicole and June, it's been an absolute pleasure having both of you on. Thank you so much for your insights. I, um, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, I, I, I never knew what an easement was today and I like learning something new every day. So I, I really appreciate that. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us.